Tell Your Story, an oral history series for the Community of Northridge Presbyterian Church podcast. I am Savannah Shivers, the pastoral resident here, and I will be your podcast host. This podcast focuses on nine oral histories or life stories of the members of Northridge that centers on one topic, speaking on faith journeys, specifically how faith journeys relate to God's work and members' past and present major life experiences. Everyone's faith journey is different because we are all unique. Some people have steady faith journeys where they always feel close to God, and some people have peaks and valleys in their faith journeys where they sometimes feel close to God and sometimes they do not. There is no right or wrong faith journey. There are just faith journeys. So, over the course of this podcast, we will hear nine different faith stories from nine different individuals. These individuals represent the rich diversity of Northridge members in terms of age, experience, and different identities. I believe that sharing one's faith story serves as a way to connect and get to know each other better and more deeply. It is also a way to help build community by getting to know people and their life stories. After all, the church is a community of unique and diverse people that comes together in fellowship to worship God. We are the church together, so let us learn about each other's life stories. Let's get started. Welcome back to this podcast. Today we are here with Natalia Brownfield. Natalia, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic. So excited to hear your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Look forward to it too. So Natalia, I was wondering if you could tell me about a pivotal moment in your faith. Yeah, absolutely. So it was 2010. And so I was moved to Dallas um, after graduating college. I'd been here for a couple years already. And it was the summer of 2010. And I guess some background, my family my parents and I have a younger sister live in Brownsville, Texas. That's where I grew up. And I was, I'm always very close to my, to my family, but most especially my mother. And so moving away when I went to college was hard for both of us, but you know, she was really excited for me to start my life and like really wanted to invest in my education. Both my parents did, which I will be forever grateful for. So just moved to Dallas, had been here for a couple of years kind of starting a new chapter, right? She was not feeling well. And I had gone down in July of that year, and that was kind of like one last visit for us together. And I knew something was wrong. We weren't quite sure. I think she knew kind of what was, what could it be? My grandmother was there at the time, and she was not feeling great either. So they were very close. And my mom and I were very close. And so they kind of battled back and forth and who was going to go to the doctor first. And my grandma went first and kind of got things situated. And then my mom went and then 
So it was end of end of July when she got the final confirmation that she had lung cancer. And it was stage four. She was in a lot of pain because it had metastasized to her back. And living in Brownsville, and we made the family decision to get her care in MD Anderson in Houston. So in July, we all met up there. And we weren't quite sure what exactly was going to happen, but we knew we were in a place that she would be best served. So she was admitted into the hospital for evaluation and figuring out she was in a lot of pain. And I, Savannah, I'd have to say that was like the worst, like six weeks, like from, from diagnosis, like it was the worst six, six weeks of my life. And when we were in Houston, we were there for, for two weeks and During the time we were at MD Anderson, my grandmother started to not do so well. And my mother is an only child. And so she was admitted into MD Anderson and my grandmother, I had to call the ambulance to come to the hotel where we were, where I was kind of taking care of her to get her into the hospital as well. And so I don't know if you're familiar with Houston at all, but it's kind of like this medical district and you have MD Anderson and the hotel I mean, at the hotel, the hospital right next to MD Anderson is St. Luke's. And I was like, well, if it's right there. Like, I'm, my mom's there. Like, I gotta. And so she was in the middle of the hospital and they needed to run some tests on her because she wasn't, she wasn't acting right and not feeling well. And so they're like, we want to check out her colon and do like a thorough colonoscopy because she was having some GI issues. And during that procedure, she aspirated. So basically got fluid in her lungs. They had to put her on a ventilator and she was in the ICU for three days and unfortunately did not make it. And so that she passed away in August, on August 6th. And that whole process was, I was 24. And so I, Having to care for my grandmother while my my mother was sick next door, not really wanting to tell my mother the whole story. She quickly caught on, like, where's my mother? You need to tell me. And so I had to tell my mother all of those things that were happening. And thankfully, the doctors at MD Anderson allowed her to leave just for a few hours to go say goodbye. So we got her in a wheelchair and we all rolled her down to say goodbye. And then the next day, my grandmother passed away. And so I had to communicate that to my mother, which was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. So that was August 6th. And then my mother was like going back and forth and they let her leave the hospital and they were going to start radiation. They felt that she was stable enough, but it was only a few more days until she had to go back in and admitted her into the ICU. And that's kind of where it was very clear that she was not coming home. So my father and I had to make some decisions. I have a sister, she was, we're 10 years younger, so 14 at the time. And so it was really my father and I having to live it and try to support each other and grieve all at that same time. But frankly, it was adrenaline, right? And so August 15th, my mother passed away peacefully. And so when I think of, and the one part I didn't share yet is 
October of 2009, my grandfather died. And so, and my mother was an only child. And so we lost half of our immediate family in less than what, nine months? Because my, my, my mother was an only child. She was born in Tennessee. Her parents, like, they spent most of their life in El Salvador. My gr- mom grew up kind of in, in between these two places. And then my dad was born in Venezuela and spent most of his life in the States living with his uncle. So again, split between these two worlds. But my parents were brought together and really bonded over this, like, where is home and between between two places. And so we always spent the holidays, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my sister and I. And so again, nine months. So I would have to say that was a pivotal part of my life where I had lots of questions, lots of, lots of grief associated. And so over the last 13 years, this upcoming year, in that time, I've gotten married. I've had two kids, you know, lots of life changes, but it just doesn't feel quite the same or what, what I had envisioned my life to necessarily look like. So that's the pivotal part of my, my life that I think kind of has lots of tentacles and shows up in different ways at various points in, in my life. Yeah, lots of questions, lots of grief, and lots of trust in God that everything happens for a reason. And even my mom would tell me growing up, there's there's always something to learn in difficult situations. And so it might not be something that you can easily identify right out of the gate, but you know, she's still teaching me every day. I'm wondering how this experience has shaped your relationship with yourself or with others. Oh yeah, a lot, right? I th- I think when you're you're in your mid twenties, like you're just starting your adult life, you have so much to look forward to. You finally finished college, and like this is the first chapter in the life that you have crafted, right? And I feel life has gone life goes through so many milestones, right? Like you go to go from high school. And if, if this is your path, you go to college and then you get a good job and you, you do all of these things that you're supposed to do. And I, and I was checking them off, right? Yeah. I like, I was, I was here. And, and so I had a lot of ideas and a lot of visions of what my life was going to look like. And all of it included my mother because we um, were best friends we looked a lot, I mean, looked a lot alike and we were very close. And, and I think for myself, I think as you make that path, like she was such a good, such an important part of my life that I'd call her every day, like more than once a day. And there'd be times where I'd be like, mama just finished work, going home. I don't know what to order for dinner. Just like, well, she'll rattle off three things. She don't live here, but she kind of had a familiarity with the area to help getting me settled in. And she'd list off three and I'm like, I don't want any of those. And she's like, well, why are you asking me? But it was, I was so dependent upon the guidance of my mother 
that when she was taken from me so quickly, I was left but with like, but she was my guiding light. And I think as, as you think about your parents, and I can have a fantastic relationship with my father, but my, mo- my mother was my, my person. She was the keeper of my past. And so when you continue to grow throughout your life, and these new chapters happen, and you start on these new paths, you don't have your past or that person to really rely upon to be like, what was that like? Who was I then? Can you help me guide me through this? And so when I think about myself, I've had to build my confidence a little bit more. I mean, and it's hard, right? It's like you're going into new spaces. You don't know what you're doing in this life. You just never know. And so not having that like security blanket or safety that your parents provide you, your mother in particular, is hard. So I think as it relates to me, it's being more confident, but then also control and like control over it. You can plan. I'm a planner. I'm a type A. I love to do lists. And you realize, and you can only do so much and the rest is up to God and you try to be a good person and you surround yourself by people who care for you and love for you, love you, but there's really not a whole lot you can control in life. So all like all growing up, one of my favorite like stories related to God was the footprints in the sand. And so when I think of kind of those points in my life, specifically this one, where I have lots of questions, I have lots of I'll just say, like, anger, right? Like, how could you do, like, the three people in my life? Like, all at once, okay. And so you're a little grumpy about all (laughs) a little bit about that. But I, I, I relied on that all throughout my life. And, like, my mom knew that that was kind of my thing. And she would, she bought me this ring that had footprints around it. And so it's kind of something that we shared together. And so it's, it's, when we lost her, that's what brought me comfort and knowing and my relationship with God was staying steady was that I know that he had me and I'll tell I'll tell you kind of a funny funny story I was leaving Brownsville the first time after we buried my mom and I was coming back to Dallas to kind of like get back situated because it had been you know a couple months back and forth I had like prepared the hotel room in Houston and my mom had asked for this bag, this like hospital bag where she wanted to carry a medicine and a binder. She had it all organized. And so I went to Target and I found this bag and it wasn't so cute, but it was the only thing and had this, it was like a chevron polka dot kind of thing. And it was brown and tan, but that was the only thing that really worked with the binder and all the things that she needed. So I was like, well, I guess they don't have another color, but this is, this is what it's going to be. And I know my mom's going to say something, but I tried. Sure enough, she gets there. I'm like, here's the bag. And she's like, they didn't have another color? I'm like, no, mom. I looked. I knew you were going to ask. And so that was the bag she carried around and during her time in the hospital. And so fast forward, you know, a few weeks and we got through all of the services. 
And I was in line at the Harlingen Airport in the Southwest line. And I was doing everything in my power not to ugly cry <laughs> in the middle, in, the, in public. So I closed my eyes and I said, God, like, I need you now. If you're listening, I need to know it's going to be okay. This is the prayer I'm saying to myself. Please send me a sign that you're there and that she's there and that you're listening. And I'm okay. So I say that prayer and I open my eyes and there is a lady in front of me with her baby and that bag, different color. And so I knew, like, I'm like, okay, (laughs) it exists. Thank you. Thank you for the sign and the answered prayer that you're listening and that she's okay and that I'm going to be okay. There's some times where I can talk about it and not get emotional and just kind of roll with it. And other times where it, it, it gets you. And I think that's the power of grief, that it comes in waves. And sometimes you're okay. And sometimes, you know, you kind of get taken down a little bit. But yeah, no, I mean, I think even early on, people are like, oh, things get better with time. And time doesn't heal. No, you just, it just becomes a little bit more manageable. So when I think about my relationship with God, ever since I was young, it's that story. It holds true. I think she's very present and the things that she loves. When I think of legacy, I think of ways to honor her But then also celebrating the things that she loved most, like Christmas, birthdays, and always made you feel like that's your day. We should celebrate you because you're special. And so I try to do that for the boys. And honestly, like when I think of my relationship with God, I've I've learned a lot from them and how to keep her alive. They ask questions and Edward, you know, sometimes I get emotional and talking about it and they don't know everything, but they just, you know, summary of Reader's Digest version. And I was crying one time, like talking to him and Edward, he's like, mommy, don't worry. She's still with us. She's with God and she's still with us. She's with you every single day. I'm like, this kid's four. And so just like Knowing that, going back to the story, like, someone someone has you. My children have me. Even when I'm going through that grief and being able to work through it in different stages and in different ways. When I think about Northridge and the church... You know, I always, I grew up Catholic and we never really, I went to Catholic school. We didn't go to church all the time. I mean, I went to church during my school day, you know, weekly, but as a family, we were not super religious, but we were very faithful, if that makes sense, right? Doing all the the churchy stuff and the, the, the rosary and the things and all of that we did, but not consecutive like consistently but what was always consistent was our faith in God and our prayer and our togetherness and treating others like you'd like to be treated 
and knowing that there's some always someone out there that's bigger than you. And that faith is what kind of has driven me through. And so when Andrew and I were looking for a church home, you know, I was like, I, I want, I'm searching for a community, not necessarily like, you know, I don't necessarily need a church, but I would like a community. And I, after several months here at Northridge, I realized I needed both. And I think that's what's so special specifically about this church is that it's not only, it's not just religious, right? It's not just a building that's a church with a cross and you go and, you know, as Catholic, you sit up, sit down, kneel, do all the things, right? <laughs> it's so much more than that. And it's this community and the message and the thoughtfulness of its congregation that I realized I was missing. And so that paired with my faithfulness, do I feel more confident and more sense of purpose and clarity more than I have in the last 13 years? Thank you for your time today and your open openness and your willingness to be vulnerable and share your story. And absolutely, we all have a story to share. So thank you for the space to do so.